this isn't a P yeah. This isn't a PC. Yeah. But also, do I look like a rich man? We are getting a PC here. Mm-mm. No. You get That's what you look. get, and you don't throw fit. Correct. And with that, hello! Welcome to Dungeon <laughs> Amateurs! <laughs> <laughs> I'm really great at transitions. This is gonna be a great. <laughs> this is a great theme for this show. Uh, my name is Ford, and I am here today with my wonderful friend Dylan Bochamp. Hello, Dylan. Hello, Ford. A pleasure to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so good. I've been in customer service for a. Again, again, a customer service again. This is not my first time in customer service. For nearly a whole two, for nearly a whole month and a half. Which, I'm so good at just turning the voice on like that. That's very good. That's very good. Yes. My customer service voice goes right back up into my throat. And it's like, you're telling me two years I've been trying to pitch my voice down. And because yeah. one old lady wants cigarettes, I detransition. <laughs> <laughs> I... Tr I try my best. I try my best to keep my voice about down here whenever I'm talking yeah. to people. But then I go, but then I go into work and I'm like, "All right, is that going to be good for you?" Is that gonna yeah, be exactly, exactly. I'm like, "Hi, welcome to." I don't know if I can say their name. I don't know if you care about that. Uh, we can censor it out. Uh, here we're just gonna do what we had Haley us do, and you can now you can take the opportunity to lean in. And call your place of business whatever you want. Oh, gorgeous. Okay. I don't think I don't think she'll come back up much in conversation. Um, or at least I hope she doesn't. I am mm -hmm. I am better than the beast I work for. <laughs> the beast you work for. Oh my god. Uh anyways. Hi, this is Dylan. Uh, you may not be familiar with him, and that's okay. That's because he's my friend, not yours. <laughs> that is a fact. Yeah. <laughs> that's because I am nowhere to be found. <laughs> <laughs> he's an untraceable god. Correct. Now, you may be asking yourself, what, why did I bring someone you don't know on here? It's because, number one, I like him, and you're going to like Whoa. him, too. And number two, he's a he's a great DM and a, and he DM and he's DM'd multiple games for his friends and family. I'm and cry. He's, and I feel like because you're 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 gonna be more relatable for folks because for this one, I think they <laughs> need to hear it from I think they need to hear it from someone who was in their position. From the layman. <laughs> yeah, from the layman. Gorgeous. And I guess let's start this one off because I had a similar. I'm trying to think of like the good icebreaker to start off with here before we like transition into the whole like straight and straight mm -hmm. into it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, my f uh, Dylan, what was your first time playing D and D? Um. Okay, my first time playing D and D was. 
March 2020. Ooh, the world went to shit, and I was like, I'm obsessed with Dimension 20, and I want to play D&D. Um, and so I got the three core rule books. I read them all cover to cover, including the Monster Manual, which was a, it was a fun romp, but like I didn't learn anything from it. Um, including the Monster Manual, I read them all cover to cover in like a week, um, and was like, okay, I'm going to DM for me, um, my younger brother, my older brother, and my older brother's boyfriend. Um, mm -hmm. All three of us were first time players. Um, originally, I was like, it's gonna be so great. I'll DM for, you know, like, um, my younger siblings um, and my parents and my older brother and it'll be like, you know, like a whole whole Bochamp gang D&D uh, &D game except my parents didn't want to play it. My dad was like, no, that shit's for nerds. Um, uh, and my mom was like, I'm very busy. <laughs> and I was like, okay, fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so I DM'd for my older brother, my older brother's boyfriend and my younger brother. Um, mm. And all three of us were first-time players. Um, none of us really had a great grasp of the rules, but we were all like really willing to like go with the flow and like figure it out together, which I am incredibly grateful for. Mm. They were they were all. It was a lot of fun to do. That's a that's real that's a really nice story. Uh, mine. Uh, I I I say that in that specific tone because the first time I played the game. Uh, it was with the- I've told this story in, like, the first episode, and I still think mm -hmm. it's so funny. Uh, was in, I think, 2018 or something like that. Uh, mm -hmm. and we- uh, because you- groups are sparse. I- I live in the South. Groups are sparse yeah. for people who want to play games. So yeah. rather than getting people that I would actually, you know, want to play D&D &D with, we got people that- we're, we're just like, we're cool with. <laughs> we gathered them all together, and my friend Alexis was DMing, and everybody wanted to play the cool, edgy guy, except oh, for no. me. Except for me, who wanted to play a tree hermit. Oh no. That's okay. I just wanted to play a weird nature guy. <laughs> As you damn well should. Yeah, I wanted to play a hermit. Good. I think I, I, rem I remember it actually. He was a folk hero turned hermit. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is great. Wait, that's so compelling. I love that. Yes, I was so proud of it. That's a that's a good character. <laughs> yeah, I might put that one in my back pocket for later. Actually, you should. I have, um, so I have in my in my Google Drive. I have a folder uh -huh. that's just D and D, and then it's split into. Um, Nitratia, which was the first world that I played with my, uh, family, um, and then Mirgo, which is the game that I'm running now with our friends, um, and then, uh, Facia, which is the game that we're in, um, and then a couple more idea, like, world ideas that I'm trying to, like, build on and things like that, um, and then a folder that's just PCs I'll never get to play, um, and there are, like, seven empty docu- or not seven empty, seven full documents in there, um, of just, like, PCs I have in my back pocket, um, which is funny because then, like, when Jack was like, uh, Dylan, like, would you like to play in this campaign that I'm running? Um, I was like, yes. And I made a completely different character than any of the ones that I had in there.
we're just gonna get into it. It's gonna be, we're gonna be talking about the anxieties of starting a D and D game. We're gonna be starting about talking. This is like you've done all your preparation. You have your party. You're ready to start, but you aren't sure that you'll ever be ready, or you don't aren't sure you'll be able to actually tell the story you want to tell. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're here to just talk about. We're here to talk about all that anxiety that people have wrapped up in frankly a lot of insecurity as well because that's it comes from a place of insecurity which is understandable yeah yeah and like i don't know um i have dm'd more than i've played like i've literally only played one session of DD as a player character um but it's still scary like um there's just like a lot of like imposter syndrome that like um I feel like a lot of DMs feel, though I can't speak for everyone, I know that I feel, um, at the beginning of each session, I'm like, oh my god, they're gonna fucking hate it, like, you're not prepped enough, um, you know, like, your story is real weak in this epi- or in this, um, in this session, or in this town, like, there's not, like, enough stuff there for them to have a good time, um, and, like, at some points, it can be, like, a lot, um, you know, um, because no one really wants to be told that their story is bad, especially not from themselves. Um, but also, as soon as like we start playing and we start getting into it, I'm, a lot of it goes away. Um, and like it is, it is for sure there session by session, and like there are not feelings that I should be like, oh, they just like I don't get nervous about it because like I do. Um, but uh, you know, I sit there and shake for a little bit, and then like I start the Zoom call and have a good time with my friends. Um, and a lot of, and a lot of those anxieties go away when, like, um, you know, when, like, jokes start being cracked and, like, (laughs) um, and, like, we're all, like, laughing together, even if it's not something that I had planned, if it's just something that, like, that's, like, funny, um, then, like, yeah, I'm gonna lean into it, because, um, at the end of the day, for me, at least, like, I play D&D to have a good time with my friends, um, and so, like, if we're all sitting there having a good time with with each other I'm like oh like this was a good session um you know and like of course I want those like heavy hitting or like not heavy hitting um but like heavier um moments of like oh well like is this actually like the right thing to do and and you know like those moral quandaries that happen um in D&D games and things like that and like those do come up um and like they're solid you know um and they are also, like, a lot of fun. And I feel like that's part of having fun with each other is, like, mutually accepting that not every second that we're playing in this world is going to be a good time, but we are all here to, like, go through those shittier times um, so that we can, like, then make our DM, like, uh, well... Yeah, so that then we can, like, make our DM, like, act out the voices of all these plants that we're asking questions to. Because, um, like, that's funny, and that's having a good time. Um, but then at the same time, you get things that are, like, oh, well, I, like, the people back at home who I love are in, like, deep distress, um, but I am across the continent, and I, and I can't help them right now. I can just hear news of the things. And, like, that's heavier stuff, but that's, like, what 
we all were agreeing to and we all like had a good time with even if it wasn't like funny and lighthearted and things like that mm-hmm. um yeah But what if I still don't feel prepared enough to start my first session? What, um, if I, what if I haven't done enough? I am of the belief that you shouldn't feel prepared going into a session. Um, because that means, one, you are concerned about the quality of the game, which is important. Um, because then you're not going to just, like, sit there and do nothing, you know? And two... Um, it means that, like, not being prepared for a session means a lot for a lot of different people. Um, for me, not being prepared for a session, um, well, I'm good at lying. Um, and so, and so, like, I can and I have run sessions off of one sheet of notebook paper that I scribbled bullet points about some NPCs and a stat block in, um, literally that day. Like, on the car ride home from where we were. I was like writing out this session and then I like came back, sat down and ran it. Um, and it was a great session, you know? Um, and I have not done that only once um, because I don't learn. And one day I will be punished for my hubris and God will that punishment be large. But for now, <laughs> I'm gonna revel in it. Um, but like, I feel like if you don't feel prepared for your session, that's probably a good thing. And that probably means you are prepared for your session. Um, because uh, it's, it's like uh, taking a test and being like, well, what if I didn't study enough? And it's like, well, that means you're at least concerned about how you're doing, um, which will motivate you to do well, um, mm -hmm. at least hopefully. Um, and also, like, so much of D&D &D and so much of DMing is making shit up on the spot and improv and stuff like that. Um, and so if you are like super prepared and you feel like set with what you're doing and, um, you know, and you're like locked in, um, it can be paralyzing to a point because at one point your players are going to be like, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to go like investigate the throne room or like figure out what's happening with that. I want to go to this like bar and I want to see what's happening with this, like, um, this like this act, this happened in in uh, in the beginning of the game that I'm that I'm running with a couple friends um, that uh, that I was like okay so you know there's this huge city um, mm -hmm. and there's this thing happening in the crown like in within the crown and throne room and everything like that um, and they were like okay but we want to go shopping and I was like okay great. That was not what I had prepared at all. Um, you know, like, I wasn't ready for them to just go shopping. And that's when, like, shopping trips are one of the more, like, mechanically heavy um, sessions that aren't combat. Because you need, like, cost, you need stat blocks, you need descriptions for everything. And you need to, like, reference equipment tables if you're, if you're going to, or be very good at Googling. Um, but, like, that's what they wanted to do. Um, and who was I to be like, you can't go shopping this week, try again next week. Um, so instead... I made up this, like, cursed item shop. Um, I quickly Googled, like, um, funny but not incredibly powerful cursed items to give to a low-level party. Um, 
you know, and, like, I went with it. Um, and, like, be- and so, yes, they didn't do what I wanted them to do, no matter how much I had written out, um, no matter, like, the, the not pages, but the paragraphs of ta- text um, that I had prepared for, for that afternoon, because that didn't matter anymore, because that's not what they wanted to do. Um, and so it truly does not matter how, how prepared you feel you are for a session. Um, there will always be the chance that you completely aren't if, you know, the group of friends that you are playing with are like, okay, that's cool. I'm going to check back in on that. But right now, this is what I want to do. And this is what we feel like we need to do. Um, because that's more important and you have to honor those choices. Um, and like, you can't freak out about it. Like you can't let your like face falter or anything like that. Um, because I don't know. Um, you just have to like keep up that air of like, yeah, I'm, I am good with what is happening. Um, (laughs) you know, um, and like none of it's like world breaking and none of it's, you know, like, um, oh no, you know, um, Mm -hmm. It's none of it is the end of the world or the end of your campaign, but you. It's not what you wanted, but it's what you're gonna do. I mean, it's what you're gonna. It's what you've got. You get what you get, and you don't throw a fit. Um, but and that can be a I, lot of fun. But 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 what? But what if I'm bad at improv? Um, you're not as bad as you think you are. Um, I am not good at improv in the traditional sense. Like I. I could never get up on stage and like yes and with people, um, but what I am good at is is leaning into a bit, um, and uh, and you know like I discovered that I'm what I am good at is like hanging out with people in like a fun and low key setting, and that's what D and D is is it's hanging out with people in a fun and low-key setting. And that's what a lot of tabletop role-playing games are. At their core is just, like, an excuse to spend a couple hours with people that you really like. Um, and so, like, sure, you might not think you're good at improv, but if you've ever laughed with friends until, like, your stomach hurt or there were tears in your eyes, then guess what? You are good at improv. Um, and you are good at, like, the improv that you need to do for this. And even if you're not great at improv, that's okay, you will get better. Um, You know, like, I did not start as a good DM because I had never played the game before, you know? But even as, like, literally just as the sessions progressed in in the game that I was playing with my family, you, you could see, like an observer, and I as well could see, and everyone else at the table could also see, all of us getting better, and all of us, like, really um, getting a feel for the mechanics and the story that we were telling together um, and like uh, really getting invested in it um, which was excellent but what if I feel like I don't have control of my players well that's correct you don't Um, I never feel like I have control over my players and that's just like that's something that I think is beautiful about D&D um, is that you you don't um, you know you are your own person sitting um, with the world literally at your fingertips um, and, but so are the players 
and the players don't have that sort of like the players don't have the same arcs planned out in your head or the same like plot points because they can't see your lore document or wherever you keep lore um, and wherever you keep your world building they can't see that um, and so they it's impossible for them to be able to like uh, know what you're thinking all the time um, and so yeah you don't have control over your players but once again like I don't know you have to lean into it um, you know uh, a good example from from the game from Mirgo this game that I'm playing um, with uh, with friends from school um, is like there was this NPC who was introduced in one of the characters hometowns that they came up with um, that they meant when we were talking about like okay so what does what does the city of avarice look like and like who are the people there in your mind so that I can so that I can make this city in your image because we've been playing for all of this time um, you know and this is actually a great example of not having control over your players like we've been playing for all of this time we haven't gotten to your hometown until then so you have developed what this looks like in your mind um, and so have I but I know that those visions are different and I'm going to throw my vision out for you. Um, I'm going to be like, okay, we can incorporate like pieces of both, but at the end of the day, like what um, uh, what Vasco, the character, what Vasco's hometown looked like was up to their player. Um, and so we got on this call um, and, and they were like, yeah, uh, I feel like there's, like, this kind of, like, princely, like, son of a government member, um, who's, like, trying to do philanthropy, but, like, does it, like, really poorly, um, and I was like, okay, great, like, what, what is this, what does this dude look like, um, and they were like, yeah, he kind of looks like Timothy Chalamet, um, and so I described him as looking like Timothy Chalamet, um, and I was like, it's okay, and immediately the players latched on, he has a real name. He has a real name. His name is Danos Advin. I've only heard you call him that, and I think it's so funny. Correct. Everyone else in the party calls him Timothy Chalamet. And I was... No, when we what were... they specifically call him is Timmy. That's true. They also have nicknames for the wrong name. Um, <laughs> they call him Timmy. They have called him TC. They have called him Tim. Um, they have also called him all of these things in character. So, like... Imagine you're a dude. You're very sheltered. <laughs> um, and this gnome comes up to you and goes, Timmy, are you okay? That's not your name. You've never been called that in your life. And that gnome is your boyfriend. And that gnome will become your boyfriend, correct. Um, and so, like, uh, I playfully antagonize them about this, but I also think it's funny as shit. Um, I... I I hate it for for myself, for the principles that I have, for my self-respect. Really, I hate it for Ganos. Um, do it for him, uh, parentheses, Ganos Advin. But I was like, okay, whatever. He's this, he's this NPC. It's only going to be, like, one town. Like, maybe a month, maybe two. Like, max two months they're going to they're gonna be calling my, my dear NPC, Timmy. And then, like, it's fine. The last session in Avarice. Jack. Jack Brainrots Presents goes, Hey, Timmy, you want to come with us? <laughs> and I'm devoted to the bit. Uh -huh. I'll do anything for a bit. 
Um, not just this bit. I'll do anything for a bit. And and I also felt that it would be bad for me as a DM to be like, no. Um, because, like, there's very little things that I believe DMs should say hard no to. Um, I, I feel like a lot of it is, like, let's play in the space. Let's figure out, like, what you're trying to do so that we can, like, go together and have a good time. Um, mm-hmm. And so... Six months later, six in real life months later, mm-hmm. Ganos Advin is a member of their party. Mm-hmm. One of the Jack Brainrods presents boyfriend, and still called Timothy. <laughs> and it's truly insane. And that's not that was not the first time that something like this happened in in the party. This will not be the last time that something like this happens in the party. Um, you know, uh, one of the first fights that they did, they were fighting some imps. Um, one of them knows Infernal, was talking to one of the imps. I made the mistake of having this imp have a funny voice. Uh, oh, this is the one. <sighs> yes. <laughs> it's so funny. Yes. Because you tried to kill him multiple times. Yes, I have tried to kill this imp so many times. Literally. So... Uh, one session, they discover the imp. The imp has a funny voice. They all name it, and it follows them around for a little. At the end of that session, they run into like one of the sort of like overarching antagonists, um, who um, upset that the imp has has outbet him or like won in a gambling game, banishes him, like just cast banishment to a different plane. Um, during the week. Multiple of those players <laughs> were like, please, can we get Frankie back? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, <laughs> one of our dear friends was pleading with me on hands and knees. And is like, there's nothing I've ever cared about in a D&D game more than this game. Please give him back. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Um, but, like, I'm, I'm a man of the people. <laughs> I believe in democracy. I'm a team player. Mm-hmm. The imp came back. Um, and I was like, and I was like, keep in mind, he does not have a lot of hit points. So, if you want to use his abilities in combat, he will enter initiative. But that means that he can also get hit. And I fucking hate this thing. And so he just didn't <laughs> enter initiative. Um... You overestimated how much these gay people were really to keep this stupid little thing alive versus... I really did! Um, <laughs> and it's all because he has a funny voice. Um, and now we are almost... Oh god. How long ago was October? I don't know. I'm not in this campaign, I want to make it clear, but I've, I'm friends with all the people in it, so... Correct. You, it's you, like here... It's like hearing yeah. somebody explain, like, a terrible just, event. Just the most insane things. <laughs> yes, but October yeah. was, it's June now, so... Like, ten months ago? May, May April, no. March, February, January, December, November, October. So, eight months ago. Yeah, yeah. So, eight real-life months ago, they... 
discovered this imp because I needed some low-level combat so I didn't kill my gay friends. Um, that imp is now a god, follows them around, has been um, cosmically adopted by one of them, um, and they are in the slow but steady process of converting people in the world to join their religion so that the imp gets more powers. Um, is that what I planned? No, absolutely not. Do I have any control over that? Not anymore. Like, the control I had over that ended um, essentially as soon as I went, Hi! Because that's it. <laughs> that's the end of it. Um, you know? Um, and so they all love this little creature so much. Um, and they're all so vocal about it. And I have tried to kill him. I have killed him, which brought that one player who was begging me on his hands and knees almost <laughs> to tears. <laughs> Your season one Galir. Your white whale. Correct. Um, and like, once again, I playfully say that I hate Frankie with my whole heart um, and that I want him dead. Only one of those <laughs> things are true. Um, I want him dead. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I'm not going to be the one to do it. Um, this this one player who's very attached uh, and uh, it, whose character is his in-game dad. Um, I was about to say, this is your boyfriend, too. So yes, this can't... is my boyfriend, too. Um, and every once in a while, we'll be talking about D&D. Um, and he'll be like, I'm really, I'm really worried about Frankie. And I'm like, oh, don't worry. Spoilers, I'm not going to kill him. You are. And he looks at me, he's like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, one day, you will kill this imp. Um, uh, which is the worst way to calm someone's fears, but very funny. <laughs> uh, um. But yeah, so basically nothing I say or do is in my control at all when I'm DMing. Um, and you just kind of have to be okay with that. You just kind of have to like lean into it. And if you really don't like what's happening, then like, of course you can be like, um, you can either blatantly say like, hey gang, like let's take a step back um, and like reevaluate some, some of the things that are happening. Or um, you can be like, hey, let's like, let's, like reevaluate. Um, and also, you are more than willing, like, more than willing and should at certain points where, like, things get over your head, um, and you're, like, in it, you love what's happening, but you're not prepped, and this wasn't what you were planning, you should feel more than welcome and more than willing to be able to say, hey, can we take a break? Like, let's take five. Fuck, let's, even let's take ten. Um, you know, go get a snack go, you know, run to the bathroom, get some water, things like that. Um, and in that time, take that time to, like, look over your notes and, like, reevaluate what you want to happen for the rest of the session. Um, it's not a lot of prep time, but it's better than thinking immediately on your feet. Um, you know, to be like, okay, this is, this is what I thought was going to happen. This is what actually happened. Let me, let me jot out some bullet points for this trajectory that I can just, like, have to reference um, and have that little safety net. Um, if, and if you don't feel like you can, um, like you can say at the table that you're playing with, like, hey, can we take a couple of seconds just so I can, like, check my notes and, like, 
make sure make sure I know what's going on um, then like maybe that's not the table for you um, you know and I've been very fortunate that I've only ever played at uh, tables with friends and with people who I know really well but that is not always the case um, and I know that a lot of groups are like um, you know like communities like found in the community of like a game club in high school or like something that's happening at your library or something that's happening at your game store um, things like that and uh, and so I know that not everyone has the luxury of being able to be like you guys are close friends who I trust I would like to play this game with you um, uh, but also I'm not saying that that's like objectively better like I know that people have made like long-lasting friendships through playing D&D and I believe that I am closer to my friends um, than I would be if we weren't playing this D&D game. Um, uh, especially because when I met them, or when we started, I had just met them in person. Because um, we were all roommates at the time. Um, and then good pals have joined here and there. And it's been great. It's been lovely. <laughs> um, and, uh, but I believe it's something that brings us all closer. Um, but I also feel incredibly safe at the table that I'm playing at. Um, you know, and so I feel like if I needed to be like, hey, gang, can we hold? Um, I need to reevaluate what's happening. Everyone would be like, yes, like, let's take that time. Let's figure it out. Um, you know, and there should be absolutely no shame in doing that. Um, yeah, because like DMing is, it's not easy, um, you know? And it's nothing to be afraid of. Like, I believe that everyone can DM. But it's also not easy. Um, it's a lot of it's a lot of plates to juggle. And so taking a step back to be like, let me look at the plates I'm juggling and making sure that these are the right ones so I don't drop any, uh, is, is a very good thing to do if you need to do it. But, but, but what if they, what if, what, 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 what if they don't like my story? What if they think it sucks? Um, one, I doubt they will. Um, I think the story that I'm currently running isn't as strong as it could be. Um, but I also know that my players are having a good time because, yeah, part of D&D is storytelling. But also... Like, your story is in the... Your, like, long, overarching story is in the background for most of it. Um, you know? And, like, not every not every D&D game um, manifests itself in this way, but um, the way that I kind of like to play, uh, or how, the way that I kind of like to run games, um, and I'm trying to step away from it just so that I can have, like, truly campaigns that are endless, but right now there's, like... Um, an underlying and long, like, long-term story that that has, like, our, like, big bad or big bads in it. Um, um, and with that, oftentimes, I have, like, a lot of times it's because I have an idea for, like, a high-level quest that's, like, dangerous and hard. Um, and then I am, like, that's really cool. How do we get there? And I work my way back from it. And, like, that quest might not happen. But that's okay, because that's, like, the fi like the final like boss fight you know 
um, that I that I kind of have just laying in the background. Um, and then like each kind of location that they're at, they get like smaller little quests to do. Um, and so, uh, like that if they don't like your long like background story, one they'll let it they'll let it be known. They'll be like, hey. I don't know, I don't know if I vibe with this. And it's like, okay, sweet. Like, because it isn't like what they're actively doing right in the moment, you can change it in the background. Like, it is not static. What I, the idea that I started with and like the, the encounters that I had like brewing up in my mind before we were even actually playing the game, um, while I was still working backwards, those are completely different than how I think this game is going to end now. And the way it's going to end is going to be different than how I think it's going to end. Um, and that's wonderful. Um, you know, and I really like that. And I really like that uncertainty. Because, you know, if, if I was so dead set on the story, I would write a book. But, like, I'm not. What I'm really devoted to when I'm playing is the people who are at the table with me. Um, and so the story can adapt and the story can change really easily. Um, because also, no one is expecting you to be like a world-class DM. If you're just playing with your friends, like no one is expecting you to be like a fucking professional voice actor and you know uh incredibly like someone who's been doing this for like ages and ages and to have the most well crafted story with no plot holes in it and just where everything is gripping and makes sense because like i don't know i don't think a lot of people are really devoted like 100 percent devoted like they play D D for the story because once again like there are if you really want just like a super good fantasy story to play your way through there are other ways to do that where, like, the stories are gorgeous, um, you know, and the, yeah, like, if you're in it for the story, just go play a video game, my guy. You ever exactly. Played you ever played Bloodborne? Yeah, exactly. Like, if you're in it for the story, go play The Witcher, um, you yeah. know, or go play Bloodborne, or, um, you know, things like that. And even if you're, like, like the the sandbox aspect that D and D allows you to, um, if you're not willing to like give some of it up for the people who you play at the table with, like I feel like there are other genres of fantasy that will be where you flourish. Um, and so I feel like people who are drawn to D and D, like they like the story aspect of it for sure. Like that's an undeniable part of D and D, and that's a great part of D and D, and I love it so much. But I feel like a lot of people who play D&D are attracted to D&D for telling stories with people you love and telling stories with people together um, and the collaborative storytelling aspect of it. And the collaborative part makes it absolutely insane to plan for um, and, you know, makes it so hard um, to really be, like, dedicated and really latch on to one thing. And, of course, you're going to have certain things that you, like, attach to. Um... And if there are, like, certain parts of, like, your character's story that you want to happen, communicate that with your DM. 
Um, you know, and if there are, and on the DM side, if there are certain parts of your story that you really want to happen, just like maybe make that part a little more set in stone, like a little harder to change. Not unchangeable, of course. Um, but you know, there are certain things that I wanted to happen in um, in Mirgo, which is the game that I'm playing, or the game that I'm DMing currently with um, with friends. Uh, that. I like really wanted to happen and so like I just like made sure that that was harder to change or if there are plot points that you want to have hit and to hit you can make it part of like whatever place's backstory and part of their history and you can make it like actively going on um, you know and like your players don't have to be the catalyst for everything because the world they are moving in is a dynamic world. And so if they go to places that already have, like, these conflicts and these interpersonal, um, you know, events happening, or even these, like, cosmic events happening, like, it makes the world feel more lived in. Um, you know, going back to one city that they were in, um, I knew, like, the idea of a jester who was romantically involved with the king trying to overthrow the queen was very cool to me. And I was like, I want to make sure that happens and gets into my world somehow. But instead of leaving that up to just chance, I was like, okay, so you uh, walk into the throne room and you see that, um, you know, uh, the, good, the good king is sitting there and the queen is sitting next to him um, on the king's lap, playing with, his, uh, with the, the staff of power that he holds, playing with his scepter, um, like draped across the king's lap, um, wearing a lot of rings, uh, is uh, a jester who every once in a while the queen will say something, he will whisper something to the king, and the king will correct the queen. Um, and then he looks at her. And so I immediately have that, like, weird things are happening here. Um, and so. That, hold on. Was this gesture. Was this jester, uh, how do I put this in turn? You know what? I'm just going to say, were they f Yes, they were. They were f Um, in my notes, um, I have the jester is, uh, holding the king's staff. And then in parentheses, I said, haha, because it sounds like a dick joke. Um, but it's mm -hmm. not. It's his actual, like, scepter. Anyway, um, sometimes I write things that are just for me. <laughs> um, but, uh... <laughs> But yeah, like I thought it was very cool and I, I thought that vibe was very fun. Um, and so I wanted it to be explored in a way. And so I made it so that the event had already happened. Like the jester and the king um, being engaged, being physically engaged with each other. Um, uh, or as Jack would put it, knowing each other biblically. Yes, the, yes, correct. Um, the jester and the king knowing each other biblically had already occurred. Um, and so I just, like, sat there, described the vibe of the room, and, like, I wanted it to be further explored. I wanted to talk more about the, this, these three people and how they relate to each other. Um, mm -hmm. and so I just, I described it in ways that I knew that our friends would be like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. I would describe it in ways that they would be like, they fuck. And it's mm -hmm. like, Yes. Let me tell you all about it. <laughs> Imagine getting cucked by a jester. Correct. Um, and it's funny because, like, 
uh, I was really interested in that idea. I really, I wanted to explore it, not in not in the way of like the physical aspects of it, but like the political aspects of it and the interpersonal ways. Um, and I thought it was um, it was a fun little like fruity thing um, to be like, look at this, look at this man. He's trying. He's trying to overthrow the government by um, looks alone, uh, and like <laughs> he's succeeding. He's doing a great job. Um, honestly, and, man's yeah. Ho- honestly, gaslight gatekeep girl boss king. Correct, correct, one hundred percent correct. Um, and I gave the jester like um, this, like fruity little, not fruity little voice. Um, because it wasn't. I gave him, like, this voice that I knew that they would think um, is, like, cool, and so they'd talk to him more, and that was easy for me to do so that they'd talk to him more, and I could actually keep up with them. Um, uh, and so, like, the trap worked, you know? Like, I got I got to exist as this, like, fun little royal conflict um, for the time that they were in this city. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, and it was, like, a lot of fun. Um, how did that... Before I do my last what if, I have to know, how did that pan out? I yeah. have to know. So, um... This, the town is called Austinera. So Austinera recap is essentially, there is this whole thing happening, um, and then the reason that they were uh, going to the king and queen is because they were uh, telling them of uh, this my underlying story, which is this like inter- interplanar war. Um, that the Nine Hells are trying to take over uh, the heavens. Um, and so they are going plane by plane trying to get allies. And so our adventuring party is essentially, like, following... Not following directly, but, like, um, for a while they were following directly these uh, two of the devils of the Nine Hells um, and, like, trying to spread word and, like, rally people to be like, this is happening. Um, please don't ally with hell please side with us, it's for the betterment of everything else. Um, you know, and so they had to go to the, the king and queen of Austin era to be like, um, hey, this war is happening, uh, please don't side with hell, can you help us in any way? Um, but then as soon as they got there, they noticed this, like, the vibes were off in the throne room. Um, and, uh, and they also saw a, a wanted sign that's like this vigilante who's stealing things, literally stealing money directly from the castle, which is like such a hard feat to do, um, and essentially redistributing it, very Robin Hood of it all. Um, and uh, uh, and essentially, long story short, um, the queen was this vigilante who was trying to redistribute things because she doesn't really believe in the crown as heavily that as the king does she married into it um to try and like make solid like good political change and help the people um in a, in a very direct way um and this jester um is trying to take over the crown power hungry little maniac right um mm-hmm. and it ended with uh Fox, our, our dear friend Fox, being so fucking cool and killing this jester while I don't... 
they weren't like their character wasn't invisible because their character was a rogue, but their character rolled like a twenty-seven on a stealth check um, at like level three, so it was like a nat twenty and like insane. Fucking, uh, I'm so sorry, um, <laughs> insane uh, uh, proficiencies and like uh, bonuses and things like that, um, and just like murdered him in cold blood, like alone on the ramparts. Um, uh, which was, it was very cool to have all of those numbers go right, um, and very cool to, like, especially, because we were doing it over, uh, Zoom, or over Discord at the time, because we had, like, left from school, um, and sometimes it can be really hard to DM online, because it's, like, hard to keep that, like, energy up, but it was so easy to maintain that energy, um, and it was so easy to be like, the vibes are great in this Discord call right now. <laughs> we all want to watch this this man die, and he's he's being murdered. Um, wow, I can't in... believe you buried your gaze like that, Dylan. I can't believe this. Sorry, I'm cancel me. I don't know. <laughs> he was Ep- awful. Episode canceled. I say as I talk about a party that's literally just full of trans people. Correct. Our all trans party. <laughs> I don't. So far, not a single cis person mm-hmm. has played in that party. Fascinating. There was there was one guy who played for the first session, and then he ghosted me. I would text him every week, for the first like month. I'd be like, Eric, we're having D and D if you want to stop by, um, but I think we were a little too queer for him, um, which is okay. We're a lot of a, of a group to be around, um, so no no shade, Eric. Uh, if you're listening, Eric. Eric, if you're listening, I almost said Eric's full name, and I was like, no, that's f- <laughs> <laughs> Dox him on podcast. Um, no, but uh, but yeah, like, I I really wanted something cool to happen with with this like Jester King Queen dynamic. I didn't know what exactly. But I'm so glad that this is what happened. Um, and I really wanted to, like, explore it and have a cool moment. And so I just, like, started with them already in the world. Um, you know, to be, like, other cool... Or not cool things, but other interesting thing ha- things happen, even when you're not around. Um, you know, and that really makes the world feel more lived in. Um, because otherwise it's like, oh, I'm... It's very obvious that I'm creating the world as they're moving through it. If it's like, you come to this town, and they've never had a problem, but suddenly there's a dragon. Um, but it's it's much more compelling if it's like, this dragon has been, like, plaguing this town um, for centuries. And it's like, people have grown up knowing to fear this dragon and things like that. And like, okay, what's the... D- and, like, you know, this, like, large, mysterious figure. And it's almost become, like, a religious figurehead. And there's, like, this cult that's been created around it. Um, because then everyone's like, okay, what's the deal with this dragon? And then you can do something, like neat and fun, or, depending on how you put it, uh, lazy, where you're like, okay, the dragon doesn't exist anymore, and it's kind of like a Wizard of Oz situation, um, where it's just, like, this one very power-hungry person, maybe, like, an ancient descendant of this dragon, but this this dragon doesn't exist anymore, and so people are just, like, keeping up the fear. Um, And I think that's more fun than being, like, suddenly dragon, if it's, like, Mm -hmm. dragon has been here for a while. Dragon exists whether or not you do. The dragon... Dragon lives in our heart. Correct. Dragon lives in our heart. Um, and I, I don't know. I think that's like, 
And that was a bad example. I was making up this whole dragon story on the spot. Um, just because I was like, I can't, I can't talk about this city more. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, you know, making the world lived in makes you feel, feel more prepared. Because then if people are like, well, I didn't hear about this. You're just like, you weren't around when it happened. It wasn't because I forgot to tell you. It's because it happened and you weren't alive. <laughs> um, and like, that's fine. It's so, like, also, if there are ever any large glowing potholes in your campaign, blame it on magic. Be like, yeah, magic did that. Works it's, for me. Yeah, it's a good scapegoat. <laughs> but Dylan, this is all really good advice and you've been really helpful, but also, what if I'm just not good enough? That's bullshit. <laughs> you are good enough. Um, you can DM. It is a very attainable thing. Um, there's this whole kind of like uh, mythos around DMing of like, oh, like it's like this Leviathan task that's impossible to do. And it's like, no, it is. I'm not going to say it's easy because it's not, but it's not hard. You know, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it's not easy in a fun way, <laughs> you know, of like, it's it's just like stuff to keep track of. Um, mm -hmm. And also, if you ever like stop, like lose track of something, like if you're not sure about a rule, Google it. Google exists. It's so easy. Um, to DM, you don't need to have to re have read any of the books. You like, there's this whole thing of like, oh, I need to be like the most educated on all of the rules to DM. And it's like, no. You just have to be willing to sit there and watch as all of these people don't care about a thing you wrote. That's a joke. All of these people do care about, about what you write, and they care for you deeply, and they want you to succeed. Um, and so you can DM so easily. Um, if you are kind of familiar with the rules and have a cool idea, you should DM. Um, you know, and so what if it's not great? you will get better. But also, if you DM a couple times and you're like, this really isn't for me, then honor that. Like, honor that within yourself and be like, okay, this, I like playing TTRPGs. This is not the niche that I fill. And like, just be aware of that. Um, and there's no shame in that, as well as the flip side of that, of like, you DM and you play as a player for a little while. And you're like, okay, I think I like DMing more. Like you will become a hot commodity um, because like everyone's afraid of DMing, but no one should be. Um, you know, it's, it's something that is, something that I get a lot of joy out of. Um, and like, it becomes easier. Um, and it, it's, like a, it's like a weird little muscle memory um, of like, you figure out how to do it and you figure out what works best for you and you like, figure out all of these things, but you can't get to that point of like comfort until you break that ice and until you like take that leap. And it's scary, um, but it's incredibly rewarding and it's definitely worth it. Dylan, thank you so much for coming today. I really appreciate you coming and talking because you have a lot of great things to say. Thank and you. And now is the time where I do my spiel like it's late July, 
and I or potentially at this point early August because it probably is early August now uh, and I think I definitely got because I've been trying to make little predictions about what episode I think Nemesign is on at this point and I definitely think I'm wrong <laughs> <laughs> that's okay uh, yeah anywho you can find you can find us at Dungeon Amateur at on Twitter.com if you're just interested in this show and that's it. Uh, how, however, if you want to follow BrainRot Presents, you want to learn more about what we're doing, you can follow us at BrainRot underscore Presents, that is Presents with no ease, at TikTok, on TikTok, Twitter, uh, Patreon, if you want to support us financially and give us money for making for making all this stuff. We have a lot of great shows. We have Lukewarm Takes, which I'm also on with my dear friend Jack, who I've mentioned many times on this show because he is in so many parts of my life. <laughs> uh, we talk about movies and we talk about uh, television and we have a great time. It's uh, very good. Uh, we ha- there's Prim's playlist for people who like K- who like K-pop, but they hate the way Twitter and they hate Twitter culture of K-pop, and they just want to <laughs> talk. They just want to hear one person talk about it. We have we have this show obviously, and then we have sort of our cr- our crown jewel, the one we've been working on the longest, which is Nemesign. It's an audio dra- It's a sci-fi audio drama, and we're very proud of it. At this point, we're probably on episode more like four, three or four. I no. Let's say four. I was definitely being very generous with my, with my guesses before. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we're we're here to have a great time, and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever. Just look at Brain Rock Presents. We will be there. Just if you can, give us some support because we're an independent group. Gorgeous. D- Dylan, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Um, I don't know. Not really. Um, if you want me to plug my things, it's D-E-L-E-N-E-B-E-A-U on anything. Um, uh, but also you should definitely DM. It's so worth it and it's so fun and you can do it even if the voice inside of you says you can't. You just gotta, you just gotta try it. You just gotta try it. And with that, I think that's where we're gonna leave this episode. Thank you all so much for listening and I will see you in the one shot. Let's stop the recording here.